need to be better. It's unacceptable. Everyone's accountable. We're very, very unhappy. Welcome, Rickrex, to Season 3, Episode 13, Lucky 13, of the DashRink.com's Blackhawks Rinkcast, brought to you by the Overtime Media Podcast Network, your sport, your team, and your time. And as always, we are also brought to you by our founding sponsors at PuckHockey.com, that's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com, check out their new lines, throw some rink, rink wear in that cart, use discount code THERINK for 10% off of all of your orders. And that being said, today is Monday, February 24th, 2020. I'm your host, better known as Jeff Osborne and Puck and Hassel on the interwebs. Y'all need to take a hit of this, Jeffrey. It'll calm you down. My name is Jeff. It's Jeffrey, man. And our live remote today is with um, Mr. John Jekyll. Hello, sir. Hey, what's happening? Uh, are you in an undisclosed location? I what? am sitting outside a... An ice arena in Worthington, Ohio. Oh, fun. Good times. That was actually built by, I believe, by the owner of the Blue Jackets, John McConnell. His, oh. uh, his company, Worthington Industry, is, is like right all around this area. Oh. So I think this was originally built by the McConnells. Cool. Yeah. 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 And also, as we spoke about earlier, um, or as we spoke to or a little earlier in the month, Tyler Cameron from Hockey Buzz is joining us. Formerly Justin Lowe, now Tyler Typing on the Twitters. Um, you the blogger to be named later. Blogger to be named later. Yeah, there's a lot of like that stuff going around. Guys today. guessing. Yeah, for sure. Thanks but, for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. We were trying to get a little pre-deadline uh, thing going, but honestly, with what happened today, I think anything we would have put together in a pre-deadline thing might have kind of just been blown out of the water because uh, there were some strange things that happened today. So, first of all, um, it is trade deadline day. Uh, a couple hours ago, it's about 7 p.m. A couple hours ago, the uh, trade deadline hit, actually about five hours ago, and uh, not much happened for the Blackhawks early on in the day. I'm going to work my way backwards here, though, so stick with us here, fans. But um, the the last trade they made, which was, it was actually made probably just prior to the deadline, but um, didn't come, we didn't hear about it until after the deadline because everything was queued up with Central Registry. But um, the Blackhawks made kind of a minor minor trade, which is going to be forgotten about in probably a week or maybe tomorrow. But they did make a minor trade, which is a little curious. It has a little bit more of an interesting twist to it that I just found out, thanks to our uh, Mario Tarabasi. But uh, they traded Nathan Nowell, who's one of their draft picks that they've been kind of bouncing back and forth between Indy and Rockford. Uh, they traded him to the Philadelphia Flyers for a name that Ice Hogs fans will be familiar with, T.J. Brennan, who spent some time with the uh, Ice Hogs a couple, a couple, two, three years ago. Yeah, uh, he was actually having a really good season. Uh, he's an offensive defenseman. He's just one of those guys, he's like Martin St. Pierre, or one of those guys, or Dylan Sakura, who just tears it up in the AHL, but then really can't really get a good, good, you know, spot here in the or not here, but in the NHL. Uh, and that's kind of just basically, he kind of just resorted to, I'm an AHL player. I'm going to sign with a team close to my hometown and just play out my career there. Well, today he became a Chicago Blackhawk slash Rockford Ice Hog. Um, what'd you think of that, John? 
Um, I, you know, it, it, I, I don't, I don't know the backstory. I think that you do. I don't, I haven't gotten Mario's information, so I don't really have much of a comment on it. It seems like such a blip on the radar. I mean, but I may, I'm anxious actually to hear, um, you know, what you've got on it. All right. Well, before I get throw it over to Tyler, I'll, I'll, I'll cue you guys in on this. Um, <laughs> Our boy, Mary Terabasi, was doing a little bit of research about this Brennan thing since he's so familiar with the situation, both covering him before, covering the Ice Hogs now, and covering Nathan Noel. So he kind of was reaching out to some of his sources and stuff and, you know, kind of wanted an explanation on what was going on. Why, why could this trade have happened or why would this trade have happened? And uh, basically, you know, he kind of looked and said that, you know, uh, TJ Brennan hasn't been dressing since January 10th with the uh, Lehigh Phantoms. Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, So he hasn't been playing in a month and a half. Now, uh, it's not because he's injured, though. And kind of asked for a little bit more clarification on that. And he said, basically, he was just brutal, didn't play defense, um, was kicked out, (laughs) kicked off the team, basically, given the go-home directive uh, in January. And basically, he's just been sitting around collecting a paycheck since January. So basically what you're saying is yeah. this was a big win for Stan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's the, that's the interesting information that I just heard. And so I want to thank, I want to shout out to Mario Terabasi because this is all him bringing this in here. So what do you think, Tyler? I, every time I hear TJ Brennan's name, I always think, man, he is the best fifth forward on the ice. That guy is always in the corner or he just, he never plays defense. Um, hence why he's been able to rack up so many points in the AHL. I didn't obviously didn't know that part of it. Um, so yeah, he, he'll be real sharp for when he joins Rockford to, to really go on a playoff push for them. If he hasn't been playing for that long. Well, um, one thing I will, no, go ahead. Go ahead. One thing, uh, well, one thing I will say is even though, you know, whether he's <laughs> not a good addition or not, the Ice Hogs missed uh, a veteran, older defenseman all year. And I don't know why. Andrew Campbell probably should have been re-upped. They've just had a bunch of younger guys down there. Carl Dahlstrom, before he was lost to waivers, was actually a, you know, probably more of a veteran even at his younger age. But they've missed a, an older guy. I don't know what's going to happen when he gets there, but it's probably too little too late. But they need a guy like this down there. And um, we'll see what uh, TJ Brennan, uh, the rover, can do. Well, see, now that's that's real convenient because, you know, when we talk about our, our trade later in the day, we'll we'll we'll, yeah, right. t- we'll talk about how the Blackhawks lost a fifth forward. Yeah, so they just right. went back out and gained a fifth forward. <laughs> yeah, I'll say add one other thing about Brendan. I read some some scuttlebutt on one of our uh, our chats that we're involved in. And, and uh, a friend of ours who lives up in Rockford says that that Brendan is not the nicest guy in the world off the ice. So that may be carrying over to the locker room with of the Lehigh Phantoms, um, and you know they they may have been trying to just find a new place for him, and you know, every, all else being what it is, you know, Rockford is is you know as fine as anywhere. So, yeah, I mean, this is a nothing. This it, you were right originally with this is not a nothing blip on the radar thing. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. Brennan doesn't carry over whatever attitude problem he had. Agreed. You know, to the Ice Hogs because then Agreed. that would, then that and then this would be a complete not a, just nonsense move, uh, yeah. if if that happens. But you know, it's just a little you know the idiosyncrasies and stuff of this trade that that kind of made it interesting to me, and uh, w- w- what I had heard. So anyway, well, there's two bigger trades actually. Yeah. There's a really big trade, and then there's a big trade 
coming up. Um, so I'm going to throw it through a quick break. We'll come right back and we'll get to all the important questions that you guys have. So here we go. Finding the right pros for home projects can be tough and spark a lot of questions like, how do I find a pro who can help? Will they do a good job? Will I get a fair price? That's where HomeAdvisor can help. From leaky faucets to major remodels, HomeAdvisor connects you to the right pro for the job in seconds and even helps you get a fair price. Read reviews, check project cost guides, and book appointments. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free HomeAdvisor app to start your next project. All right, so we're back. And during the break, we got to do. Uh, we started getting into a spirited discussion. So I want to go right to the Robin Leonard trade. Basically, Robin Leonard was sent first to Toronto, and the Blackhawks retained fifty percent of his salary. Toronto uh, remain, or Toronto would then take fifty percent of the salary. Then a third party was brought in, which is the Vegas Golden Knights. So there's a three-way move that was done. Leonard made his way all the way over to the Vegas, all the way over to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they were all, are only going to pay like. 6% of his salary. Uh, and then Toronto retained a little bit. They ended up getting a draft pick dot out of that. And the Blackhawks, in return, um, got a second-round pick, goalie Malcolm Subban, and defenseman prospect uh, who's playing at uh, Denver University, uh, Slava Demon, or Demon, Demon, uh, he, who um, is playing pro- basically with Ian Mitchell right now. So that's, yeah. that's what the Blackhawks got. John, go ahead. <laughs> Give us what you Well, have. so here's the thing. I mean, if you uh, sort of go back in this whole Leonard saga to July 1st, 2019, when they signed him and caught a lot of people off guard, except us. But, well, that, that's all right. We've already taken credit for that. Um, but but it, it, when they signed him, it was, it was patently obvious that they were basically trying him out as a long-term answer in net. There's no question about that. In light of what Crawford had been through the last couple of years with the concussions, um, you know, they brought him in here. They were paying him more than they paid Cam Ward. He's seven years younger, all that stuff. And, they, you know, they platooned him with Crawford. It wasn't as a backup. They platooned him with Crawford. And in many ways, he was the number one for most of the season. So so then they're, they're negotiating with him to sign him. And then all of a sudden, the negotiations just go south. And Leonard goes, Leonard goes into a funk. He stops talking to the media in the last week or so, um, and that, and then they trade him um, for really pretty much garbage return, all, all things considered. A second round pick, Malcolm Subban, and a, and a defenseman who's probably never going to see the NHL, even if he plays with Ian Mitchell at Denver. He's the guy's. I don't think this sem- demon guy is is just. He's not that good. So the so the bottom line is, it it really appears that the Blackhawks don't know what the hell they're doing with regard to this Leonard situation, that they were conflicted, that I, I strongly suspect, because I've always believed this, I don't think Stan Bowman does anything in a vacuum. I think pretty much any significant decision that he's involved in, he's got he's to get it cleared by a committee of John McDonough, Al McIsaac, and probably other people, maybe his father, Scotty Bowman, etc. And the bottom line is, this is why they move so slow. This is why they get outflanked and outplayed by other by other organizations. And this is why they end up at the last minute getting a shitty deal. Pardon my French. But <laughs> but the bottom line is this is unacceptable for, for fans. Um, it, and, and, you know, but here's the other thing is all these all these bandwagon jumpers are all over the Internet today. Fire Bowman, fire Bowman, fire Bowman. OK, fine. But the bottom line is it's not just Bowman. Th- this whole front office is a mess 
And this whole saga proves it because if it was Bowman doing dumb things, he would do dumb things fast. But they don't. They do dumb things slow because they sit there and they debate dumb things. And and that's I'm sorry. I don't know how else you can look at this. I'm done. Yeah. No, I get you. Tyler, what do you think? <clears throat> yeah, um, I think for a long time, it's it's kind of been, you know, I think you're right, JJ. It's they, they do. They work in committee. I've seen uh, John McDonough speak in person and, and he's even talked about it. You know, he, he brings everybody in and, and he's the one who's saying, you know, he, he, let's bring everybody in and get everybody's decision. And, and it, you're right. It's, it seems like the most strategic moves they make, whether it be a, a Schmaltz or a Strom, which was a gamble, but it's paid off and made stand slash everyone look pretty good. They had yeah. some time on that. So you're right. Deadline, not Stan's friend. If he knew things were going south with Leonard, I don't know, and I'm sure he probably tried, or they tried to move as quick as they could. Why did they wait till the last minute, right. then flip it to their second or third deal they had down the list in their pocket to say, right. oh, looks like Carolina, they've balked at this because the rumor was Stan asked for both first-round picks for him. I don't know if that's true or not. That is ridiculous. I, I think he could have got one of the – first round maybe package Gustafson send over whatever the deal may have been but to get Malcolm Subban who's been terrible so they're probably going to spin it to say hey he's got a lot of potential um even though Delia and Lankinen are probably better than him right now yeah um like you said JJ that Demon guy is they just got his rights there's not even a, a guarantee he signed which right. he probably will because right. I don't think he is that good and the right. second rounder was something oh geez Stan really had to recoup that second rounder, which drove me nuts and made me take to Twitter to say, he actually said, we didn't have a second round. They were really hard to come by this time of year from the perspective we were pleased how it played out. So then right. I tweeted, Andy Green, second rounder, Brendan Dillon, second rounder, and right. a third. Candela, right. right. second rounder, and a fourth. Alec Martinez, two second rounders. They were only hard to come by because you missed all of them. They're sitting waiting and... All of them are gone, man. Like, yeah, they were hard to come by, so you had to do this garbage deal. So I think I think it it, it was just played out really poorly. And the longer the day went on, I was, I was you know, I kind of thought, oh, maybe he's maybe they've got something big. Like maybe they got something right. big they're going to swing around. There was that right. fake kind of tease, which Dreger kind of mentioned the Islanders goalie seemed really Broken. weak. Why, why would they trade Sorokin, the Islanders? Um, because that's kind of why they didn't sign Leonard and brought Barlamov in so they can be the Russian duo. But anyway, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. I thought something was happening. But anyway, it didn't. And this is what came out of it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. it that's no, it's, it's a nightmare. I mean, this seems like a deal that, like, they, ha- they felt they had to get a deal done. And. Mm-hmm. They had to go through 30 hoops to get this deal done just so that Vegas could get them on the roster. And here we are with this. And, and, and you get, again, like you said, Malcolm Subban, he's not good. He's been a terrible backup. He basically is the reason that Gerard Gallant got fired because when Flurry got hurt or was out with personal issues, uh, Malcolm Subban was their only, back, their only real backup option, and he played terribly. And they would have been better if Flurry would have been around all year. And then you got, yeah, again, this guy who's a, he's a college player, probably. I don't know the Blackhawks necessarily with their college players lately. It doesn't seem to be working out that well. Uh, 
But uh, they said they were on him for a while. They said they've been eyeing him up. Oh yeah, just, oh boy, JJ, yeah, right. give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like but they were after, after Yurko for six weeks. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> kind of going back, JJ, to what you said out of all of this, like it just seems directionless. So where, what are they doing with, you know, goaltending? Obviously, this team can't survive, as we all know, not just this year, the year before and the year before that. They could not survive with good goaltending because they're not that good of a structured team. So you just let this guy go, basically, what is going to be a second rounder at the end of the day. And I guess re-up Corey Crawford and call it a day. Yeah, I mean... It- Really, a second rounder is hopes and dreams. But going back to what you're saying, where they're they're saying that, you know, second rounders are hard to come by. Well, you know what? There happens to be a guy who used to work in your organization that is now the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens that has three second round draft picks. You're going to tell me you couldn't figure out something to deal with your old buddy for a second round draft pick? You had to go jump through these hoops and basically take a bad return. And now a player that you're still going to be paying half of his salary while he's gone. So and let that, me take this further. Deal. When you look at it, like when you look at it on cap friendly, it's confusing. Like that would have taken a lot to, obviously from the night side, from a salary perspective, they needed it to work that way, but it's, that's a complex deal for a garbage return. Yeah. So let me take this a little further. So there was a report by Lazarus and powers today that, Leonard apparently offered to take a three-year deal for, quote, less. And I don't know what less really means. If it's less than Crawford is making or less than Crawford wanted to come back on an extension, or if it's less than what Leonard was making, they didn't, they didn't make that clear. They just put less in quotation marks. But now, assuming they're going to extend Crawford, if they extend Crawford at $6 million, I'm calling BS. Because somebody's not being truthful. I can't see that. There's no way you give Corey Crawford at 35 years old six million dollars. He's taken three, and if, you know, if he isn't, I, I, you, you, you may be else. right. Yeah, you, you may be right. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm anxious to see how that plays out. I really am. Um, and if that's the case, and you know, Leonard offered Leonard offered to come back at four million a year for three years. You know, again, it's like he's 28 years old. Crawford is 35. And you're telling me after you paid goalies eleven million dollars this year between Crawford and Leonard, you can't you can't pay pay goalies next year say five million for Leonard and say Colin Delia, you know? I mean, which would probably be a better rotation than than Crawford and Subban. Yeah, yeah, you know. So it's it's, it's it just again it speaks to, and again probably I'm not being fair by or and I'm being alarmist by saying it's dishonest, but it it does speak to. A lack of a plan. It's just like it's like they're careening from one bad decision to another, and it's I don't know, man. Tyler, you got anything else? Yeah, no, I'm I'm on board. That just seemed to be very conflicting. That because I saw that too, JJ. Where, um, you know, I'm assuming that horse came out and said this. I the way I took it though was how he'd take less in the way I think Leonard works because he's very outspoken. So you kind of get a bit of a inner workings of um, how he's kind of looking to make this next move. I, I took it as less as in, Oh, I'll, I'll take eight instead of nine or I'll take seven and a half instead of eight and a half. That's yeah, how that I look. But I don't know, like, it, I mean, it was all, it's all vague. It's all really weird. It, it, at the end of the day though, and even the presser um, stands presser today, 
it just seemed like, yeah, we sat down and had a great chat. But, you know, when someone asked him a question, if he's, if they're going to look to, you know, go talk to Leonard and um, free agency this year, it was kind of like, well, he's not our player. So we, we can't comment. It just didn't seem, it didn't seem warm and fuzzy. It, it's not going to happen um, as no. far as no. concerned. It's, they blew this up and, and I just don't know why it just seems like self-sabotage. Like you, you, there's so many, there's not a lot of opportunities to get a caliber goalie like this. And I just don't understand unless it comes out where he wanted something ridiculous, like $9 million a year, which I don't think they can do. So I don't know. I don't no. know. I, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes no. out and, and he ends up in the wild, all, all this uh, wildness at the end. I mean, the, I heard last week, like a week ago that talks have had, had like gone in the, in the, in the toilet, actually maybe a week and a half ago that the talks had gone on the toilet. So I'm thinking if I know this, they've known this for a lot longer than that. And this is the best they could come up with. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And especially with the way Carolina is desperate now with the goalie situation they have down there, you couldn't come up with something a little better than this. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's ugly, man, and and it might it might turn into nothing. It might it might have been all this outcry to you got to get something for Leonard. Remember, you got to get something for Leonard. Well, it might turn out in this you might not get anything out of this, except for you 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 didn't have to pay half his cap or half his cap hit for uh, you know a portion of the season. Well, and honestly, I mean, a second round draft pick in in the NHL could be Duncan Keith or it can be Ludwig Rensfeld. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's really a crapshoot. Um, and you know, oftentimes it's just kind of an adequate player. I mean, and, uh, I don't know. Um, it just, it's not, it's, it's just very dissatisfying. Yeah. Well, I get, I guess you get the, the point of how we feel about this deal. Um, I wanted to see him stay here, but it looks like it's not going to happen. I was kind of and, and you, I'm kind of glad you brought up that Sorokin thing. Uh, I was, when I saw that, I was like, wow. Okay. Well, maybe this will work out in the end, you know? They'll bring in this 24-year-old guy who's been just killing it in the KHL, just been waiting for, you know, to be handed a starting position. Young guy, they could have him for a long, you know, sign him long-term, lock him up, or whatever they need to do when they see what they have in him. And, uh, you know, that's not a bad situation. We had talked in our private... That was weird, though. Sorry, sorry. No, no, go ahead. ahead, That was weird, though, because Dragger, even when he was you know, backpedaling, he apologized because obviously something got, there's some miscommunication, but he, it sounded like he got that from his teammate. Yeah. Or yeah. Teammate. So something was w- really weird going on there and it could have just been a, you know, a broken telephone, but th- that whole thing and Dreger doesn't get stuff wrong very often. So I don't think it'll come to, I mean, that would be amazing, but I kind of, as things were really quiet, that's where I thought maybe they were going for once they knew Leonard was gone and they weren't sure on Crawford that maybe they were going to try to get, a future goaltending prospect, which I, which could have been something that I would have been more excited about than whatever happened today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, th- then you would have at least had some kind of insight into what maybe this future is for this team, because now mm-hmm. there's you don't see any future. You see maybe next year you might have a Corey Crawford that you can bring in because uh, contrary to some writers in Chicago that claim to know things about the Blackhawks and hockey. Um, the free agent market is not that good this summer. I mean, there's a couple of names on there, but names like Braden Holpe, who's having a terrible year behind a great team. Uh, you know, several guys like Anton Hudobin. Sure. Okay. Maybe he could st- he could do a cam ward for you, 
but you're, there's no guy that's going to step in and, and be able to take you for five years. And do they have any goalies that can in the system or anywhere on the radar that could take over in five years? I, no, I would say no right now. I mean, I love Colin Delia, but do I think that he's going to be the next great um, you know starter for the Chicago Blackhawks? I don't know. I mean, it would take a little bit. You know, he he did adequately at backup for right now. That's a lot as much as you can, you know, that that's the sample size you have with that. So, but now you have nothing. Like, there's no, unless they're going to go for you know, Askarov or Askarov, whatever his name is, in the draft. Uh, he's supposed to be like that next great, you know, generational goalie that's picked high in the draft. He's a Russian goalie as well. Um, you know, if they had plans to go after that, maybe. I don't know. But I don't think they do. Because they never draft goalies high. When they did, it was Kent Simpson. Before that, it was Corey Crawford in 05, which is 15 years ago. You know, so actually longer than that. Crawford was picked in 03. Okay, I'm just going off the top of my head. So yeah, yeah. but yeah. So I don't know. There's like this is this. There's less direction today than there was yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because where do you go? You know. So anyway. All right. Well, I, I we we spent oh, like 15 minutes on this, so let's move on to the other trade. Um, if you, John, if, if you got to go, just let me know and just drop off. I'm good. Okay. Cool. My, my uh, son is cooperating. Awesome. That will tell him thank you when we're done. <laughs> um, the Blackhawks. So the, the the most obvious trade of you know the day was because they held Eric uh, Gustafson out from the last two games, and they didn't travel with the team. And so it was obvious to everyone that they were really working or they were working. I shouldn't say really working, that they were working on a, on a deal to move Gustafson out and, you know, get something back for him. Now, let me preface this by saying, as we said earlier, like last yeah. summer, when John and I were screaming to the high heavens or low hells that um, the Blackhawks should get rid of Eric Gustafson, sell high on him because he's never going to be that good again. He's just not going to be like he had a career year and there's going to be regression one way or the other. What just what the percentage was, was, you know, the, the Delta on that, but he was going to regress, get what you can for him while his numbers look good, all that stuff. They didn't, they, when they went into the year afraid that it was going to break the power play and the power play did so wonderful this year that now Eric Gust- Gustafson is now a Calgary flame for a third round draft pick. And that's it. So, my my take on on this thing is, you know, I mean, Gustafson last year was kind of a shiny metal object. He's this defenseman in Chicago who's piling up some points, and he you know he shows up on the highlight reels, and ooh, look at that! And you know, so the the I think the hockey world at large was not nearly as intimately aware of his defensive deficiencies as we were. Plus, we we had seen him play for not just last year, but a few years before, and there was never any growth in his game as a, as a defenseman in his own end. And, and, you know, the guy's 20 was 26 last year. He's 27 this year. And, you know, what's happened is, is his offensive numbers have regressed somewhat. Some people have made the argument that he's improved defensively, in my opinion, not nearly enough to be a guy who you can win in the playoffs with. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that Bowman, the time to trade him was last year when you could have probably gotten a late first round pick for him. But again, I don't know this for sure, but but I have a strong hunch that there were mixed opinions in the front office about Gustafson, 
Um, there may have been some people who, you know, liked the fact that, that there was a certain segment of the fan base that loved Gustafson and thought he was so great and overrated him. And as, you know, as a result, they waited and, and they waited till his stock dropped till the rest of the league got smart on him. Cause you know, really scouts go to games, you know, and all scouts had to do was watch him a few nights and, and see how he, you know, gave up on pucks in his own end. And how he would stand there and look around for a guy to cover in a man-to-man scheme, which is just ridiculous. And, I mean, night after night for, you know, and and so the bottom line is I'm not surprised that they only got a third-round pick for him because I think any GM worth his his, his salt and talking to his scouts is going to say, this is a guy who can probably help us on special teams. Um, He can help us in three-on-three overtime. Um, you know, but, but he's, this is not a first round grade player in terms of who you, who you trade for Tyler. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I was just thinking as you were talking JJ and I think you answered my questions. I was going to say, what do you think the Hawks could have got for him at the draft last year? And the chances are they maybe could have got a late first rounder or some sort of package that included a couple picks. Yeah. Third round. As, as upset as, you know, I kind of was when I saw that come through, you're, you're bang on. It's, it's you know, I just kind of thought maybe there might be multiple pictures based on what the market was dictating earlier in the week. Like Marco Scandella, nice player, but I mean, he's uh, – Gustafson and him are, I think, relatively equal um, as far as as far as overall, you know, skill set. Scandella a little bit better defensively, but Gustafson better offensively, and he went for a second and fourth. So – I don't know. I didn't think the Flames would be the the partner, um, but they do have some issues there. Um, And once again, Bowman waited to the last second after that plethora of defenseman trades have happened. And this is what he was able to get. I I really thought the best way, you know, there was reports that Gustafson and Leonard were going to be packaged together. I'm like, that's the way they can maximize their return. And whether that be with Carolina, which made the most sense, um, and something fell through there, but I, I thought that was the way to at least land yourself a first rounder and then maybe a prospect and another pick. Yeah. I had been hearing for, for a couple of days that it was Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. And I had heard that, you know, Gus and you know, like you said, Gus and uh, Leonard were both going to be headed. I didn't know how that was going to work logistically. I mean, the Blackhawks would have to take something, some kind of salary or something back. And I didn't like, I looked on their roster and, I don't know that any of this, you know, the big salaries were uh, were ones they want to give up. So, it, it, I honestly thought Ryan Dzingle might come back. Yeah, that was the one that I thought because he's three seven five. I think yeah. I thought if they retained some salary of Leonard, and then that would be a nice PR spin because he's from the area. Right? Yeah, that's so actually that Eric, our uh, our our editor, uh, Eric Andrews, and I actually had a text conversation about that very thing, and he brought that up. Yeah that he thought maybe Dezingle was coming back. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's great. I, I wanted him to sign Dezingle in the summer. So, but yeah, uh, Dezingle is from uh, out the same neck of neck of the woods as Eric too, like out in the Western suburbs. Yeah. Wheaton. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you guys are 100% on with the fact that right now, what his value is, is probably just a third round, maybe, you know, maybe slightly higher, but not, not much. Um, but, because of his play and what's, you know, that Stan was kind of backed into a corner now because he didn't make anything happen. This, this also goes to show um, something that you said, John, earlier about maybe, you know, uh, they're valuing their assets too highly. They are. And they are. And they're not taking less. They're not, you know, 
They're, they're, they're trying to negotiate hard like a team who was, you know, who was in a position to do that, right. which right. they are. They, they, they negotiate like they have leverage that they don't have. Yeah. And I, again, it's either either Bowman is just not that smart or um, they're, they as an organization are, are having arguments about players that they shouldn't be having. And and I suspect it's more the 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 latter. I'm not making excuses for Bowman because personally, I think he should go too. I think, but I think to to isolate him and and say he's the guy who's got to go, and the, but then keep the rest of that bloated front office there and this this whole committee way of doing things. Anybody they hire is going to have to play play by those rules, and you're going to get the same results. And and furthermore, the fact that what you just said that you've got to go through so many people. I think that makes other teams not want to actually deal with them. Yep. It's too long. It's too, you know, that just you look at some of the run and gun. Look at the old school GMs who were making moves today. Holland, you know, Donnie Waddell, Jimmy Rutherford. Like those are the guys that just say, F it, I'm doing the trade for the most part. I know they probably have to answer up a little bit, but those are the guys that get stuff done and, and stand sitting around, you know, with around a table with a bunch of guys. Well, when you look at the assets that Bowman had, um, you know, when you, you really Leonard Leonard being primary among them, but mm-hmm. you know Leonard Leonard in some ways was you know maybe except for perhaps Zach Parise, Leonard was probably the biggest name asset in the market unless I'm missing somebody, um, and it just it just the way it was handled it was just I, I think he shot himself in the foot or the or the organization shot themselves in the foot, and um, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I could we could we could have another podcast to talk about you know what is the the ideal new structure for the Blackhawks front office, but um, you know you know it's just the whole thing just it's it's a disaster. Yeah, I'm. I, oh, <laughs> it's so disappointing. We almost joked about this that like watch Stan do nothing, and right. Essentially, I mean, yeah, sure, he got a couple of names back very little, maybe insignificant names and, uh, you know, some picks, some hopes and dreams down the road. But basically that's what happened. Stan sat around, did not a whole lot of anything. And then, and then I don't know, for some reason, maybe did the flyers a favor by taking TJ Brennan off their hands or something. I don't know, but I mean, it's, this looks sad and pathetic. It really does. Yeah. I don't, I don't see how, Rocky Wirtz, unless Rocky Wirtz himself has his hands in this mess and, and his ego is, is invested in this, I don't see how he can look at this and say, this is how I want my front office to operate. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I, something I did not tell you is oh, I, tell- I, I had heard a little something. Uh, it was just a little nugget. And now that you've brought that up, I had heard a little nugget that uh, Mr. Wirtz himself has been... Uh, entering himself into more of the hockey decisions lately. Uh, well, oh boy. Yeah. That's what I had heard. And I didn't ask for that. I was just told that. So, you know, that is a little bit concerning. And, um, and if this well, I, went the way it went and that's happening, like this may also be adding a lot to this as well. Well, if for example, it was Leonard's contract, that I can see because there's it's a business decision. It's a, it's dollars, and and you know they've got to they've got to run that through their forecasts, et cetera, because it's it would have been a fairly big money you know salary commitment. 
But if it's around, you know, scouting evaluations and player evaluations, and, and no, he shouldn't be involved in that. He shouldn't. He's not a scout. He's not a GM. He's an owner. Yeah. So, <laughs> chew on that. I guess we could chew on that a little bit. But Tyler, oh, what do you boy. think? What do you oh, think? Oh boy. <laughs> Tyler. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's absolutely terrible. If that's <laughs> happening. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm just not surprised with with that whole setup. I mean, you want to be optimistic. Optimistic, like you said, JJ. Stan doesn't operate in a vacuum. We know this. Um, yeah. You just hope some stuff kind of breaks through. It, it just it it needs to change, but I don't know. I, I don't know how. <laughs> it's the kind of stuff out of my control where it's like you get rid of John McDonough. Is, is it Rocky coming down? And it'll never change. Um, one one interesting thing I did hear actually, I believe it was on the Thirty One Thoughts uh, Trade Preview podcast, and Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick were talking and. It was very interesting. Um, Friedman had mentioned, you know, they were talking about Quenville and the front office. And he said, obviously, there was all the the rumors that and it was there were facts that they weren't getting along between um, Stan Bowman and uh, Joel Quenville. However, he said, I don't think people understood how much the infighting uh, went. And what he he said they couldn't even celebrate in their victory like together. They were, there was so much animosity there. Um, and I found that really interesting that he's still talking about that, you know, years after they were relevant in a, in a contention in Stanley cup way. So it, it hasn't been pretty for a long time. It's just, it's magnified now that they're not good and missing the playoffs for the third time in three seasons. I'm really glad you brought that up. I listened to that and it was, and Did I you? was, I was glued to it. I'm like, oh, my God. These are like the things we've been assuming have been going on behind the scenes. This is confirmation that it's actually, you know, it actually happened uh, that way. Friedman has invested um, uh, more highlighted uh, approach to when he covers the Hawks, I believe, anyway, because he dropped once that he grew up a Hawks fan. So he kind of really digs into them a little bit more than other teams at times outside of the Canadian team. Um, I just hear him all the time being in the market. So yeah. it's a very, uh, very interesting little nugget. Yeah, it, yeah. De- it definitely was. Um, and it, it, I think I think Jeff maybe made the comment, um, and not me, Jeff Merrick, uh, that it's amazing they won despite, they almost kind of won despite that kind of uh, infighting there. It was kind of interesting how, how we put that, which would make... 2015 that much more incredible with Joel Quenville playing with three defensemen and a half and then all this infighting going on uh that would you know wow you know yeah I heard it was the summer of 2014 where I heard it got really bad and I believe that was the summer where there were some rumors about Quenville uh, following Mark Bergevin to Montreal and Scotty had to get involved and adjudicate uh, you know the fighting and and uh um, allegedly he came down on the side of Quenville and supported him and which he should have, because he was the guy who was really responsible for, for bringing him into the organization and ultimately elevating him to, to head coach, um, and getting rid of Savard. Um, and so, but I believe that was the summer of 2014 when it got really ugly and really heated and then they kind of tamped it down. And then, you know, they had a very successful year in 2014. I, I still say that the, the, um, 
the Antoine Vermet trade was a really smart move by Bowman or the front and or the front office, the right player at the right time. They paid a heavy price to be buyer, you know, to be a buyer at that deadline, but that that trade really paid off in the playoffs. And uh, you know, uh, you know, now five years later, we're talking about our last Stanley Cup. Yeah, and no, none in the foreseeable future. No, no. On top of it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think we covered all the trades. Though, what do you guys think? Are we good? We've covered it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now it'll be interesting going forward to see, you know, what happens for the rest of the season if they really just tank it out, or, uh, you know, they keep keep with this nonsense of uh, trying to hang in there and get that middle, you know, middle pick into the fourteen range or something. So. I think they're going to take it out. I, I'd love to. See, I would actually love to see him bring up Delia and see, you know, how he's progressed and and uh, you know because he's a guy who, in my opinion, at least at the NHL level, did shouldn't have played himself out of the picture for the future. I mean, I think he showed some promise at times last year, and that's something I'd like to see them do, especially with Leonard gone now. And and uh, we'll see. Well, yeah, I mean, I they, are, they already gave. I the, know. Oh, sorry, I know, Malcolm Subban, right? And the guy. I bring him back because then I would even deal and Lankinen. I want to see what Lankinen has at the NHL level too. I know they've kind of had ups and downs, but see what you have in these guys. Same, same with what they're doing with Lucas Carlson, right? Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. That was nice to see Lucas Carlson, at least to see what you got in them. Some of these guys at this point in the season, you just got to see what you've got. You know, this is the opportunity. If you lose a game, so what? I mean, you're not going to the cup anyway. So, yeah. Hey guys, I got to bounce. Ty, thank you so much. Hey, no All right, take care, Johnny. I'll wrap right, it up. All right, guys, have a, have a good rest of the way. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I don't feel happy about what uh, what happened today. I'm, I'm, it's a somber day. It's not like, you know, in, in the past, it's been like, you know, I've gone scorched earth on, ah, fire Bowman, ah, you know, all over Twitter, screaming at everybody. And I'm just, I'm de- I feel defeated. I just feel defeated with this whole thing it's like we want them so much to build for something in the future and it seems like they just put they just kind of like sprinkled a whole bunch of nonsense that doesn't even tie together mm-hmm. and just made the future a lot more murky so i think yeah i think that's kind of as we talked about earlier just that lack of direction is kind of what leaves me with a bad taste in my mouth today just i just the leonard thing just seems to be was mishandled so poorly and I don't know the ins and outs of what happened behind the scenes, but I just don't know how you let that guy go knowing that. And I hope they're not being short-sighted um, and having a short memory of, Oh, Crawford's been healthy all year. Let's yeah. I think you probably do a couple more years because we all know it just takes one, yeah. one injury to be done. And then, then you're stuck with, you know, potentially Malcolm Subban and Colin Delia or whatever they end up doing next year. Yeah. Which is right back to Cam Ward and Colin Delia. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's brutal. Um, I, or you know what to play devil's advocate a little bit here, maybe Rocky's thinking of making a move at the end of the year and he doesn't want Stan Bowman tearing too much up before he walks out the door. Yep. Maybe you just said, get what you can get for Leonard, get what you can get for Gustafson and call it a day. You know, it could have been one of those things that we're not going to yep. like, we're not going to give you the keys to this car and let you go wreck it right before we try to repossess it from you. You know? Mm-hmm. So it, it, we don't know for sure. I'm just bringing it up as a possibility. 
of, you know, maybe maybe that's what the logic is behind all this uh, silliness. So, totally. Jeff, you got to see what Leonard just tweeted. Taking off to Vegas, he says, at Maple Leafs, we were so close. See you tomorrow, Vegas. Can't wait to join the Golden Knights. But the picture is he put a panda over John Tavares' face in the <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs comforter that he tweeted <laughs> when he signed in Toronto. It's a classic. Oh, yes. I just saw that come up. That is, <laughs> I love this guy so much. I'm so sad yeah. he's gone. But but let me let me just to one last kind of thought on Leonard. I'm really curious to how that uh, plays out, and I know we'll all be invested in seeing where he signs and and what he signs for. But you know, going to Vegas, like, there's no way they're going to re up him with Flurry locked in long term. So I mean, it doesn't leave a lot of teams. And I'm not I'm not trying to hint that the Blackhawks should sign him because I think they've missed that opportunity. But um, you know, Carolina would make a lot of sense in the offseason. But anyway, it'll be interesting to see because there's a lot of, you know, Rangers have a bunch of goalies that are really good and everyone's kind of got a lot of guys locked up. Buffalo, he's not going to go back there, I don't think. So um, curious to see where he lands. So I think that'll be something in the offseason to keep an eye on. But that's a long ways away and hopefully one high Hawks draft pick away. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, let's rip this up and get out of here so I can get working on this thing. Uh, I don't have any more last plugs. This is kind of, we just kind of went off the cuff on this one. Um, but you can find all of our comprehensive content at www.thudashrink.com. Uh, on all the social, uh, social medias, at the Rink Official, at the Rink Shy, at the Rink Colorado, at the Rink Columbus, the Rinkcast. I'm at Puck and Hostel. John's at Jekyll. Tyler, you are at Tyler Typing, right? Mm-hmm. And you were, you're over at Hockey Buzz. Go check his stuff out. Make sure you follow him. Read all his articles, no comment, and all that good stuff. Um, also, you've got your book that's going to be coming out, right? You got, or is it out yet? It, book is out, yeah. yeah. Working on the second one. No, so no I, I meant the second one. Yeah, I meant the second oh, one. Oh, second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, still working on it. That okay. dude's got five kids. Yeah, that'll be out uh, hopefully soon, but I'll keep you posted. Yeah, there you go. And then the, the, the one that's already out, A Dude's Guide to Surviving His Wedding. So if you guys want to check that out. Uh, support our boy and uh yeah so appreciate it yeah and if you guys get a chance head over to itunes rate and review us please uh that would help us out just rate us the rating is the more important part the review just if you want to get in there and uh and say a nice thing or maybe even not a nice thing i don't know we've had that before too so but uh, i think with all that being said uh Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to download, listen, and support us. Until next episode, see you on the ring.